Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the, well, what am I doing here? What, what <laughs> intro is this? Oh Fuck, I've done God. so many top marks in the last week. It's keep, another keep edition that. of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. That's right. Oh. Real Good Show is back at God. it again for another week. It is episode number 139, uh, an episode where, of course, uh, this is the first episode in the post Sedine era. Oh my god! And this is why I tripped up the intro because I'm so uh, I'm so emotionally uh, distraught <laughs> over <laughs> going on with life without Henrik and Daniel. My name is Justin Morrisett, of course, and with me once again, as always, is Stefan Heck, John Cullen, and I am uh, I'm having a tough time moving on after that intro. Oh, okay. This should be called episode 139. Embarrassing. <laughs> Well, I'm uh, I'm over this. I'm not over the Sedin's thing, but it's like it, it, it. You know, I think it'll hurt again at like training camp. And now I'm into uh, that that uh, feeling of, of just like dread. Um, but also like I, maybe what's the opposite of dread? Like hope? Yeah. Like, yeah is, hope. That, is that a thing? Is that a thing you can feel about a, a yeah. sports team? I think okay, sometimes so, I convince myself so, that yes. So just to, to start things off, they've sort of kind of been saying the correct things in the media to some extent. And I don't necessarily believe they're going to follow through with it. But just the fact that they're actually saying the correct things now is such a huge step forward for them, even just at a, at a superficial public relations level that I'm like, okay, I'm listening. Um, Define correct things. Like what specifically are you talking about here? Like, uh, Hey, we're willing to stay under the cap. We're not going to go immediately spend all of our cap money. Yeah. that's, That's available to us. Even just that, that is such a simple thing. That is is just common sense, but just the fact that they actually said it out loud, and and Lyndon actually used the terminology "weaponize our cap space." That's insane to me. He took it from your Twitter, bud. He did. He I know. I know. I know. He stole it from me. I'll take credit for it. Uh, you guys are welcome. When we trade for Hosa this summer and get like a second rounder as well, that's that's on me. You guys can thank me when it happens. Yeah, well, Friedman was speculating today that they might go for both Hosa. And Spezza, like for, I mean, why pick, not, for picks, right? Like, like why, why not? What, what do you have to lose at this point? Like, you're going to be rebuilding for another like four or five years. Why not do that? If you're going to take veterans on, at least get some shit in return for for taking them on. You know, well, Spezza can still play though. I think yeah, Jose, Jose has uh, he's got yeah. like the John Travolta boy in the bubble thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jose's <laughs> allergic to his jock, but uh, yeah, I I. Uh, I feel like I don't think that Spezza would come with a lot. Like I feel like there's team because Spezza only has one year left on but his what's deal. The, what's the salary cost? It's like seven million. It's like seven million. It? But I think like because there were people who were speculating that maybe the Leafs would go after Spezza. But even even just to not have to pay the seven million in salary, right? I don't think is Dallas a cap team. Uh, no, I don't think so. But I just so mean, maybe like, like that's that's part of it too. I just think that Spezza still has value though. Um, yeah, the other players, um, I, I could honestly see them going for Troy Brower. Yeah, for sure. Big balls Brower. Except, except Calgary has no, Calgary has zero picks to give up, so. Uh, yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> I mean, which is, 
again, that's that's one of the other only positive things about this season is that I don't think Calgary has a pick until like the fourth round. Well, isn't it that doesn't don't they get to pick which year they give the Islanders no. their pick? No, it's this no. year. That's Ottawa. Ottawa gets oh, right. to pick which which pick they give up this year. Yeah, uh, and I, I assume they will keep this year's. Yeah, um, yeah, because, no, because uh, Calgary thought they were going to make the playoffs. They pulled the old yeah. Brian Burke uh, trading for Phil Kessel. Call your shot. Yeah, yeah. we're going to make the oh, playoffs wait, wait, next does, year. So, does Brian Burke work for the Flames? Uh, <laughs> You know what, Stefan? I've just done a quick Google search that uh, informs me that, yes, he is. And, uh, yeah, oh, it turns boy. out, yes, that is correct. <laughs> Though, at the same time, that is a much more understandable bet than the bet that he made in Toronto. Because that was still obviously a horrible team. It and is, he added uh, Phil Kessel, and that's it, right? I think Calgary Calgary will be in the playoffs next year, I think. Like, that, I, that's a, that team is yeah, good. Yeah, they should have been in the they playoffs this year. They yeah. had a shitty year. They were unlucky. They had the opposite of the Colorado year a couple of years back. Well, how have yeah. they not fired Glenn Galtzen? They like, might already. Still. I think they will. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because he's, he's a handsome guy. He is. <laughs> <laughs> of course, notorious <laughs> Stefan lookalike Glenn Galtzen <laughs> has yet to be fired. But no, like that is a team with all the young pieces that they have up front and like a stacked decor. It really makes no sense that they are not in the playoffs. So I don't know. Maybe one of our Calgary listeners. Our good friend Mike Fail or uh, Book of Lube can write in about that. Or, of course, friend of the show Mitch Pollock as well uh, can weigh in on that. If any of you are listening, I don't want to hear from any of you. Well, if Mitch writes in, uh, I'll have to censor the whole thing as we did, of course, course, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, that's his own fault. He's got a bad contract. In the words of Roberto Luongo, my contract sucks. (laughs) Hey, are we doing uh, NHL playoff predictions? We could do that right now. I mean, this is probably the, this is the episode we should do it on because they start tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, they do start tomorrow, and okay. uh, we yeah we've got <clears throat> pardon me we got a few sports things to talk about this week, so we can we can sports it up. I I um I had I got Tampa and Nashville in the final. Yeah, that's that's my final as well. Which is weird because I normally don't like to pick the two conference leaders, but. In this case, it's just Nashville, Winnipeg, man. That's going to be Tampa has just been so far ahead of everyone, like all year. Except Boston could have passed them by beating. I Florida. don't mean like points in the standings. I mean like when I watch them play. You know, they are just operating on another level. I think it comes down to Vasilevsky. He hasn't been playing well to the end of the year, and it's just Tampa's got to got to beat Boston, and then. Presumably, like Pittsburgh or Washington or even Columbus, who they are playing unreal. Well, Philly looks really road. good too. Like <clears throat> Philly looks great. No one's uh, picking Philly, which I find to be weird. I took Philly in my bracket, and uh, I find honestly out, even even New Jersey is like a is kind of like a sexy pick. So I don't think so. Taylor Hall's team of destiny. I don't think New Jersey's got a hope in hell, man. Yeah, who's their goalie right I, now? I can see Keith them being Kincaid. Uh, Kincaid. Yeah, he's, that sounds like the villain of a Schwarzenegger movie. Well, the funny part is I'm like coming for you, Kincaid. If they didn't have Corey Schneider, their third goalie is Ken Appleby. So they would have Keith Kincaid and Ken Appleby. Sounds like two guys that Chippendale just, dancers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, is it safe to say that the Canucks won the Corey Schneider trade? Uh yeah, yeah probably. Corey, well, it sucks. I mean, the Devils. What happened to him? He was He's, only good was for one year. year. He was good for the one year he got dealt, and the Devils were awful. Well, and with the Devils, you mean? Like, because he was good with Vancouver. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, with the Devils. Yeah. So they made yeah. the trade. He was very good the first year they got him, but they sucked. And then he's been terrible since. 
I think it was uh, our friend, uh, friend of the show, Jackson McDonald, who yeah. had a good tweet about. You've this referenced this, this before, yeah. Yeah, where he said uh, the Bo Horvat for Schneider trade or the ninth overall pick for Schneider is more of a rebuilding move than Benning has made at all. Yeah, uh, and I would say, like the, the, to me the, the the biggest rebuilding move Benning made was like the Burroughs trade, but even that that was just Burroughs being like, yeah, you can trade me, like go ahead, trade me, please. <laughs> It's it's what's best for the team. Just go ahead and do it. Now, we've talked about this off the air. I don't know that we've talked about it on the show. They had the opportunity, and when I say they, I mean Lyndon and Jim Benning, to trade Ryan Miller to the San Jose Sharks for the pick that they used to pick Timo Mayer, which I think was ninth overall also. Fire. Yeah. So they also could have flipped a goalie, except an old one that they didn't even need. That they signed for free for, I mean, for the ninth overall pick. Hey man, we I'm had tr- to get we had to get the they had to get hundred points. I'm trying to stay positive. Uh, I think the the like you were saying, John, you had that theory that the Sedin's retiring was to like buy goodwill for the team, and like if that is the case, it definitely fucking worked because I I feel just like better about the team because those last two games were just like magical. Well, uh, and I mean, I know next year is going to be a total disaster, but like I'm excited for the off season. Like I know. Realistically, they will probably fuck it up. Sign um, like Tyler Bozak. Well, it's um, weird. It's Bozak weird. I'm fine with because it'll be like a three year deal. Probably, I'm more worried about like Evander Kane for like seven years. Anyway, go ahead, John. Oh no, I was just gonna say like I feel like that's true because because even like well, Lyndon saying today that he's gonna like that you said like oh he's saying the right things, but like literally two months ago they made a horrible deal for Thomas Vanek. Like, that's exactly the type of player that you use yeah. to quote-unquote weaponize your cap space. Like, no, they, made, yeah, they made no attempt to deal... The thing, is- to, they made no attempt to deal Gagne. They didn't get a pick or anyone even useful for Vanek. They like, re-signed... Uh, well, yeah, they got useful players that took them out of lottery position, basically. Well, in UC Okanen. Well, I guess the that's guy true, who was yeah. supposed to be just a salary throw-in. And I, Lawrence Gilman said it on 1040... How curious it is that they claim not to have received a single offer for a, with a draft pick for Vanek, but they did get the one guy that their pro scouting has been obsessed with for like the last three yeah. years in Tyler yeah. Mott. What a fucking coincidence that is. Yeah. I mean, we can't for obviously the deadline was a disaster and all that. Uh, and I know not to believe what these guys are saying. And I'm sure I'll eat my words. I'm not, I'm not saying, Oh, I believe these guys now. It's just, the fact that they're even contemplating publicly, oh, hey, we can use our cap space uh, to take on bad contracts, which when Benning was asked about that at a town hall a couple years ago, his answer was, uh, oh, isn't Adam Gaudet great? <laughs> uh, so Adam Gaudet did look, uh, he, he looks like an NHL. Yeah, no. He, he's, he's not going to set the world on fire, but he's an NHL player. Dude, I don't know, man. Fourth or third line center. Yeah. I've been reading the Canucks Reddit, and I think he's going to be an elite player. <laughs> I don't know. Even before they put them together, when Leipzig was still out of the lineup, I was looking forward to seeing that Gaudet. Vertanen Leipzig trio yeah. because Vertanen showed good chemistry with both those guys, and then in the games that they played together, I thought they were great. But and Leipzig, it, Leipzig is great, and like credit where it's due, the home for Leipzig trade is like a top three betting move. No oh question. yeah, but like that's 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 what people uh, think the Granlin trade was. You know what I mean? Yeah, where they think they think that's the level of the Granlin trade. This is like you, you know what it is. It's 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 in Men in Black or Men in Black Two or whatever. Uh, the Grandland trade is old and busted, and uh, home for Leipzig is uh, the new hotness. New hotness, absolutely. <laughs> Though, I, like that, I'm excited about that line 
but there's no way they're anything more than the fourth line next year, you know? Like, no, they'll be the third line. No, the fourth line. The fourth line will be Archibald, no, Mott, but and Stefan, think of all the free agent signings that are still left over from this past year, and guys like Granlund and Gagne. They're, they're, they're going to get rid Erickson of Erickson. I, I bet Sutter. Berchi gets traded. I bet you they try and trade Sutter. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be a crazy offseason. Anyway, my Ber- prediction from that glut though, Berchi is probably the last guy you should want to trade. Like no, he's actually have, useful. They should trade him for sure. He's going to top out as a forty point player. He's going to get like four point five million dollars. Trade him because you're going to get all that stuff from your young players anyway. You don't need to. You don't need to pay Berchi. He's a, he's a tweener. He's not going to get you anywhere. I like him. I, I like Berchi, but you like him because he makes nice hats. <laughs> I think he's a good player. Well, well okay. I mean, it's nice plays too. Are we, are we even sure that the hat was that nice? I mean, <laughs> Uh, so, John, what was your prediction? Lightning and... Uh, and Nashville. Nashville. With and who, Na- with who, do you, who do you have the winner? Nashville, Nat- Nashville yeah. Okay, I'm going to go Winnipeg-Washington with, Ooh. With, with Winnipeg winning. Ooh. Man, if yeah. Winnipeg wins the cup, I will not enjoy that. I'm, I'm lightning Nashville as well with, the, with Tampa winning. So, uh, we shall see. But uh, let's talk about the Sedins a little bit more. Oh God, the guys, no, we, we don't we don't have to. We nice. just, did, you, did you cry? Episode. Did you cry, Stefan? I want to know. Oh, if you cried. I cried like a baby on the uh, Thursday, though. Right? Saturday felt like a letdown. Saturday, Saturday, I teared up a little bit, but Thursday, um, I I was streaming, but I had the game off at the side, and then <laughs> I ended. I was able to watch the third period and, and the entire overtime. And then you were streaming as well. I was the tears out of my, out coming out of your and eyes my, and my penis. And, uh, <laughs> It was, no, it was. I mean, that was like a storybook ending. It's one of those ones where, like, why even play that that next game? Uh, but the Sedins pulled off a miracle in their final game, and they made me like Edmonton. Oh That's yeah, amazing! That's for the, spectacular for the send off that they gave them. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Uh, Thursday was almost nice, like it's nice to be sincere about uh, sports because uh, it's. It, that's been few and far between the past uh, five years or so. Thursday was almost like too perfect, though. You know, like we were all expecting. Like when that Ashton Sotner goal got waved off, that would have been assisted by both the Deans. It's like okay, like that's all we were really expecting from the final week yeah. of the Twins is like assist on the goal of some nobody who's going to be in a trivia note on a Sporkle quiz like fifteen years from now or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and we got like magic, like like they looked like they could come back next year and keep playing for as long as they want. Uh, and I think if, they could have come back next year, no problem. Oh, but they, no question, they wanted to but, jump off the sinking ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah, would you want them? I mean, well, they were talking about it earlier in the season that they just like never get to see their kids anymore because they're either on the road or uh, you know when their kids get back from school they have to go to the game. So they they just like never ever see their kids, and they've been around for you know eighteen nineteen years. Like yeah, yeah they could keep playing, but why not? retire on like a high note as well and and they're gonna go skiing now yeah that was the number one thing that both of them were talking about was that they love to ski and they they, they had a contractually they couldn't ski it contractually forbidden that it's like too risky yeah it's the opposite of uh, ben roethlisberger riding around on a motorcycle with no helmet (laughs) (laughs) sedines like sedines they could have gone skiing if they wanted to but they were like, no, no, we are, we will not go skiing. I'm curious to know what else is on that list of things that you're forbidden to do if you have an NHL contract. It might vary from contract to contract. Yeah. I would, I would assume it does. I, yeah. I don't know, like, although, not, not everyone skis, right? But, like, there's obviously certain activities that are deemed, like, 
too dangerous that you're too much of an investment that we absolutely refuse to let True. you do these things. But I do, I do feel as though, like, if you play for, like, Tampa Bay, it's not like, oh, you can't go skiing. It's like, oh, great, yeah. I was going to go skiing in uh, like Mount Tampa. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like... Space Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like, Eric Johnson was allowed to play, like, polo on a golf cart. You know? Well, he is wasn't that, allowed. No. no that well, is not it's all, not like yeah. it voided his contract well, for him to do that. Well, that's because the polo part of it didn't come out until way after. Why do you <laughs> yeah. think that they say that they have an accident? <laughs> Nigel Rio Coker, who played for the Whitecaps, got in a fight outside of a bar and got dummied and then said that he tripped over a bike rack. No, no, no. Didn't that actually happen, though, that he no. tripped over a bike rack? No. Because I thought the bike rack story was the secret story. No. That they just said it was an incident. No, they said it was a bike rack. Well, uh-huh. Ryan O'Reilly is smart, too, because his contract only forbid him from driving drunk into Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so he, he got around that. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't realize that he spends his off-season in Ontario where there are yeah. no Dunkin' Donuts to be found. <laughs> uh, well, there was... Well, was it Sammy Sallow who hurt himself playing Bandy? Yeah. 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 Like, tore his ACL. He was also bit by a snake walking <laughs> through the mountains in Finland. The only yeah, poisonous right. snake in Finland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The, uh, the Helsinki Viper. Um, but it was a cool week, though, just the final week of having them around because, of course, you got to hear from, like... Literally everyone who's ever been involved with these guys in any capacity, pretty much like every, any linemate you can think of, Trent Clatt, like everybody, well, except, almost except for one, except for one, of course, Anson Carter. Of course. Decided, All our listeners know. Of course. Oh, yeah. Anson Carter. Decided to ghost <laughs> on the Sedins during the final week of their career. The guy that... Toronto apparently thinks is the best line mate they've ever had. I couldn't <laughs> fucking believe that clip. What do you mean? That that was making the rounds. That it was like some Sportsnet talk show from Toronto, like Gord Stelic and oh. who knows some other jabron. Where, where they were like I having like, a debate about the best Sedin line. Yeah, there, and they're like, like well, I don't know about Burroughs. Probably question. not him. Yeah. Well, I feel it's like, be Anson. I think Anson Carter was a better line mate for the Sedins than Burroughs. No. 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 Yeah, I think so. He was, no. he was probably the he was probably the second best line mate. Um, in terms of like skill. Uh, uh, Besser or like Nasland, probably. Yeah, uh, but, but in, terms of, in terms of like fit, uh, yeah, I feel Burrows like it, for sure. I mean, uh, Na- then Carter said Nasland though, like it stopped working after like eight games. Oh yeah, I just mean in terms of like skill, the best player the best, overall on yeah. their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're probably I right. think like yeah, but I mean, you're and just then, like Demetra's probably third. It just seemed like Burroughs, uh, ooh, Bertuzzi probably. Yeah. Anyway, this is a really dumb thing to be talking. No, you don't about. think Burroughs was their best linemate ever? Well, I he think it's just. Was. I think it's just a matter of time, though. Like, I think if Carter had stayed with the Canucks, it would be a no-brainer. Oh, I agree, but he didn't, though. Is the thing, right? right? Yeah, yeah. No, so, I get it. Like Burroughs to, played yeah. with them for whatever five seasons yeah. or whatever it was. But Carter also left and did nothing too. Like, he, well, of course, he proved that he wasn't much without them. Also. Well, he was pretty good before. Before, yes. before he yeah. was but in like he, Washington he was and New York like and Edmonton. I think he, he went to Columbus. Columbus, yeah. I think he just got. He was one of those guys. He got the money and he just didn't give a shit anymore. He, he got, got the yeah. money and then I think he also went to Columbus and was like, oh, like he did the uh, Job Bluth. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> he got that Sedin. And then he bump. was. And then he was just super like fuck. Like yeah, this is not nearly that cool and i should have stayed in vancouver for like a million less or whatever but well, did you did you see the ryan whitney thing today talking about the Sedins? yes i did I yeah did. That that's, was great. Almost, that's almost worth playing on here because it was really really fucking funny um yeah and he's talking about how skilled they are and excellent they are but anson carter freaked out because rick dollywall put him on blast and said that like 
Everybody that we've reached out to this week has happily, like, graciously loved to talk about them, except Anson Carter, who's, like, refused any and all attempts to reach out to him. And then he, like, tweeted back, he quoted the Dolly Wall tweet and was like, I've been dealing with a sick family member situation all week long, blah, blah, blah. How dare you attempt to shame me? Except, like, he's hitting up pink concerts at Madison Square Garden. He's like... Maybe the maybe he was so busy with a sick family yeah. member, but also you could just say that. You don't have to be like, how fucking dare the media try to shame me like this? Because TSN tried to reach out to him too and was like, Well, you could just you could just say that. You don't need to ban any and all media contact ever. And his also his thing was like, I already talked about the twins on NBC Sports Network. It's like, oh yeah, yeah the, of course. The network that everyone watches. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think when it all boils down to it, you know, you just have to say to yourself, like, uh, who cares? You know, I think that's really, uh, that's really how I feel Speaking, though, of media reaching out and getting no answer, I cannot resist the uh, temptation to dunk on Steve Simmons. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, this oh, is my so, God. This the Mark so, thing. This is yeah. so this hey, is so you, bad. It's crazy but, that he still has a job. Before you do that, Justin, I just want to thank uh, our producer, Dan, for subscribing to the Go Off Kings for eight months in a row. He managed to subscribe <laughs> while producing the show. I love it. Oh, wow. Did he, did he just do that right now? I'm just, I was just looking through the subscriptions just to see, uh, to see how it was going today because we, we got the Washington Post to shout us out for whatever fucking reason. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and I, I see that Dan has, has subscribed for the... I think he's the first eight-month subscriber. So, uh, Well, I also have some thank yous here, Stefan, as yeah. well. So I'm, thank you, I'm thanking you for reminding me to thank <laughs> all the people who came out to watch the final Sedin game at the Penny on Saturday. Uh, did that, my dad make it out there? He did not? not. I was so okay. looking forward. Yeah, I to, think he was up at. He might have been up at the cabin to partying in a bar yeah. with your dad. He wanted to go. He told. He told me he was trying to get down in time to go. But it was uh, Tehun Kim and Tehun's wife Abby uh, via Saren Daniel He uh, Viaz Viaz Saren. Sorry, Saran Saran. Whatever. <laughs> you you taught him. You say his name. Well, I just read it online. I mean, I just it's just a little bit embarrassing. That's Anders Lau. Okay. Oh, I just got Reddit. <laughs> oh you read it uh, okay i get it yeah <laughs> damn uh, you never got that before no are you kidding me what does imager mean that's gotta mean something too right <laughs> yeah it's a and, guy who takes photos and then produces them himself after <laughs> he's an imager douglas wong was the final member to join us on saturday thank you all for coming out and also i learned that uh douglas was introduced to the show through the Facebook group without having ever listened to the podcast wow. before. Oh, and that's... I think there's a couple people like that where it was well, like, seems oh, insane. you got to join this <laughs> wild Facebook group that I'm in. It's super fun. <laughs> and when I heard this, all I could think of is what you could possibly think this show is about. Oh, boy. Going only by like Tom Hanna posting disgusting food photos and posts like this. From Max Kingsbury on April 7th, where he said, Poop is conceived when chewed food reaches the stomach. It gestates in the, in the small and large intestines and is born in the colon. If you have diarrhea, poop is stillborn. Induced vomiting is abortion. <laughs> 
What is the show? <laughs> We're, uh, it's a sports. Uh, it's a sports podcast. <laughs> sports slash pro life podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I did. I I feel like I've been pretty consistent in my message that we should stop doing the show. Oh. I feel like I've been very consistent about that. <laughs> And that just, it's like, it's one of those things where that post came up in the group and it's very easy when you're just like online all day or whatever. I just saw that and I was like, oh, it's whatever. It's talking about poop. I'm, I'm over it. I like scrolled. I didn't even read it. And you're just like, ah, oh, whatever. And you just like let that moment pass you by. But then when you actually like sit down and read it out loud, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Well, we, this is episode 130. We had, we had some different theories about the life cycle of poop last week. Uh, and apparently the listeners have some too. Oh my God. It um, just is so. <laughs> uh, and yet we soldier on. Yes, we do. To you from failing hands, we, we throw the torch. We do. I guess we should talk about because uh, we that was technically like an RGS meetup sort of thing, and we have potential for more of those coming up because we haven't talked about this at all on the show. Yeah. But we're sponsoring a little league team again. Yeah, I know. It feels like it kind of came out of nowhere last year. We were very involved with the team because the the sponsorship coordinator uh, made us the sponsor of his team. So he was like, I feel like could understand that we were going to be involved and he wanted that for his grandson and, and for their team. And so um, let's we not were, kid ourselves. His grandson deserved it. He was absolutely. extremely dope. Absolutely. And I, so I feel like, uh, yeah, we were like very involved. Like we got the team emails and the coach and the team manager. We were, uh, we were kept uh, in the know. And then this team is a little bit more like I feel like they're not used to this type of sponsor relationship, even though I do personally know the coach. The coach is a curler friend of mine. And so we only found out that we were sponsoring her team because of... Uh, because she sent me a text. Otherwise, we wouldn't have even known that we like officially had a team and oh, whatever. Yeah. Like the league didn't even tell us. Oh yeah, they just said, "Yeah, you're in," and then but they didn't tell us that we had like sent the, us an invoice. Yeah, the league division we wanted and all that stuff. So Sandra sent me a message and she was like, "Oh, your show is sponsoring my son's team, and I'm the head coach." And I was like, "Perfect." So she's been keeping me updated a little bit on the schedule, but uh, the the real good show Raiders. That's our our team the name, Raiders. the Raiders. Yeah, which uh, great name. I yeah. mean. I was hoping for Jokers too. Yeah, the, well, what uh, Sandra was suggesting that I thought was pretty good too was the real good show Steelers. Because then we're like the, the show, show Steelers. Steelers. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she suggested that to the kids, but we she we've been told by the league both years that we could name the team if we had something we wanted the team to be named. We could suggest that, but. It's way more fun to let the kids yeah, pick. I, I, mean, I don't, don't want to be. I don't want to impose my the will. Thirty-two-year-old man who's like <laughs> Jokers too. <laughs> Next year, Jokers the third. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I still know what you Jokers last summer. <laughs> Jokers uh, forever after. That's right. I'm going by Shrek naming conventions. <laughs> Jokers and Robin. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we. Uh, so yeah, so we're sponsoring the Real Good Show Raiders, and they're in their opening tournament, the Raw. Hour, 
uh, tournament, and uh, they're in the finals. And the uh, yeah, the RGS bump is real. We've got powerhouse teams back to back seasons. Yeah, now. they've played three games so far, and they've scored a combined total of forty runs. That is Jesus Christ, incredible. I texted Sandra today, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like our team is really good, and she's like, "Honestly, like I didn't know that we were going to be this good. Like I didn't think we were going to be this good." But yeah, they they've uh, they've scored forty runs uh, in their three games, uh, and the total. Um, I think the scores were like seventeen to four, ten to three, and thirteen to six. So, so uh, some so some big wins. So they well. may not be the jokers, but they're certainly clowning on teams hey, out there. That's hey. what we're talking about. So so far so good. We'll we'll be sure to let you know. Opening day is this weekend, but we still don't know the schedule. So. Uh, we'll, we'll let everybody know as soon as we know the schedule, uh, when the games are. And hopefully like last year, you can all come out and, uh, enjoy some Raiders baseball. Hell yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm fired up to be there. Well, and we would, they did say that they will use us for announcers and stuff like that. Like they did last year. So are that, they playing when I'm, when I'm back in town? Yeah, they should be. I okay. It's so. usually weekend games, and you're going to be Beautiful. here for... Well, we do have the lottery on... Uh, That's true. The draft lottery on the Saturday might... Which uh, I'm weirdly um, calm about. I, I, I think I've... Uh, if, if we can talk sports for a second... Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Accepted, uh, I feel like we're I, just talking Canucks. This is uh, welcome to Pucks on Net. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I Real good show, episode 139. No, I'm going to get back Net. to Steve Simmons in a second A Canucks here. podcast. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, they're at the point where like, if they pick eight, I wouldn't mind them picking Kachuk, which I like I, it's to me, it's the ideal thing. Either they win the lottery and pick in the top three, or they pick like seventh or eighth and they'll pick one of the top 10 prospects and I'll be happy. You know? Yeah. I do love though, as John pointed out, that the Dean retirement had just like this calming influence on the entire city. Because I went through that weekend getting lit up on Twitter, not even for saying I was happy that the team was winning. I didn't even say I was happy, just that I didn't care because people like Nikolai Goldobin were making them win. Oh, and if it's kids I, leading the charge, then that's fine. I don't care. I thought it was for saying that Burroughs was a nice guy. No, no, no. That was a, that that was was a, a different, different thing. That was, a different that was when Twitter Toronto feud. decided to light him up. <laughs> yeah. He was being lit up by the cities of Toronto and Vancouver. Vancouver was like, how fucking dare you betray the tank by, by being purely indifferent to the fact that they are winning? Uh, that was apparently Sportsnet 650 messaging had gotten to me. <laughs> They company brainwashed me, but uh, influencer. <laughs> but no. Then uh, we went through that whole weekend, and then suddenly the Sedins announced their retirement on Monday, and and nobody cares anymore whether they win or lose. In fact, everybody wanted wins for the. I twins. was sure of them to win. It was it was a weird feeling, uh, but it was it was nice to be able to do that again. And if you know what I'm hoping for is they like ideally they win the lottery, obviously, and then I can cheer for them to win next year. Um, but realistically, it'll be another couple of years of tanking. Jack Hughes looks fucking disgusting. Like, he looks like Austin Matthews level. Um, but Steve Simmons. Yeah, well, do you have any level of optimism that they will win the lottery? Because that seems no. very uncharacteristic. No, I do not at all. It's funny because people are talking about, like, karma and stuff. And they're going to send the scenes to the lottery probably, which is a, which is a great idea. Uh, it's like an easy PR win. You might as well do it. Uh, and it's like, oh, you know, they were trying so hard at the end of the season. So karma's going to It's like, you know the team you're following, right? But... Uh, no, they're not going to win the lottery, but that's fine. I it would so. be pretty great. Like, if they get Darlene, it changes everything. It does. Yeah. So, yeah. Even, if be, they, 
Even if they get, even if they get like, even if they get two or three, like if they get Zadina or Svechnikov, I what I just want for once for them to pick a player and then that player comes in next year, right? You know, yeah, it's a cool feeling. It's a great feeling, and I want that feeling. Um, So yeah, even uh, Svechnikov is fucking insane. Svechnikov, Peterson, and Besser on the power play. Yeah, that's that's gross. I mean, you could potentially land a top free agent with that lineup of young guys as as an attractive trio i'm trying to segue back to steve simmons here because he was like do you think john Tavares would like to play with brock besser i know i would as if toronto does not have fucking austin matthews <laughs> and william nylander yeah, yeah, and mitch marner yeah no one wants to play with those guys he'd probably play with he'd probably play with marner if they got Tavares, i think they would uh they would keep that because that would allow them not to have to move Nylander to center. So I think they would keep Matthews and Nylander together and they would play Tavares with Marner. And Tavares is like one of the best guys from the hash marks in and Marner's one of the top five passers in the league. So yeah, let's just fucking forget about it. Um, but yeah, so to our American listeners, God, uh, if, I hope you're we not, get Tavares. if you're not familiar with Steve Simmons, how would, how would you guys describe him? Uh, asshole. Uh, if Stephen A. Smith, uh, uh, was deprived of oxygen at birth. <laughs> and was also a member of the alt-right. I was going to go with, like, yeah, fuck. back knee personified. He's just like a human pimple, basically. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, he, he, he makes Damian Cox seem cool. <laughs> that's also inside baseball for our American listeners, but just, uh, you'll figure it out. Yeah. I feel like with well, Damian... I mean, the guy's name is Damian Cox. Like, yeah. You know he's a dickhead. That's true, yeah. I feel like you can just look at a picture of Steve Simmons and you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the temptation to shove him into a locker oh, or yeah. like just give him a swirly. He spent his whole life trying to get out of the locker. <laughs> it's enormous. That's and been I'm, his entire career. I'm not even a bully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So he wrote, uh, getting back to, of course, Anson Carter refusing to speak to the media this week. Uh, he wrote, Mark Savard basically disappeared when his career ended in Boston. Media called, nobody answered. Now suddenly Savard is a media guy? My advice, if he calls, don't answer. Yeah, it's because he was in a dark room for six Couldn't move. Yeah. It's so stupid, especially because, like, why... If you want to get into media, if you're an ex-player, why is it that you have to talk to the media a bunch before you like you know what i mean like why like that doesn't make any sense the idea of like well you know we try to get in uh, he's trying to get well, into the media and he wouldn't even talk to me well then they it seems like you know you're part of the fraternity of media guys already if you pal around with us and and do us a solid except nobody gives a shit about that no like this is the big mistake that like Simmons has made multiple times, Mark Spector made fucking a million times this year alone. It was the, the whole thing with like Ryan Rashog and Al Montoya. Right. Also, yeah. is people think or or media people think that anyone cares about any sort of blip in their job? It's not even. I wouldn't even call it a hardship. You know, not talking to Al Montoya is not a hardship. No, Mark Savard not returning your calls is not a hardship. It's a blip, but they paint themselves to be a victim of some kind. Like, like, 
Just make up a quote. Just just fucking say, oh, I can't talk to the fucking backup goalie tonight. Or just Uh, write your own opinion. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like, is your story going to fall apart because the goalie didn't directly tell you? Uh, Yeah, they they played hard tonight. Like Spectre. You could just say, hey, it looked like they played hard tonight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Spectre said that Everlay... Uh, was like mentally weak for thinking that criticisms of him in the media were unfair. And if you want to see real criticisms, you should see what I have to deal with as Mark Spector. Oh my god! Which is like, I mean, we've talked about this at length. Before. Well, my favorite one is the rewrite when they always tweet about that. Like when a when a game changes oh, yeah. in the ninth inning, or there's like a last minute goal in a hockey game, and they're like, Paul rewrite like oh i gotta stay an extra 30 minutes at my job because the story i was writing about the game before it was over is now null and void fuck me man like people in regular jobs don't do that nurses don't tweet like oh a patient almost died on the stretcher (laughs) had to stay for overtime son of a bitch (laughs) you know like nobody says that everyone just works overtime at their jobs and they just do it like they make it sound like like you say, Justin, they make it sound like these are universal problems that we all understand mm-hmm. and empathize with. Oh, every well, day. Also, also, like you look at something like uh, Botchford and the and the Provies, right? Like there's there's typos. It's clear he's putting this out as fast as he can. It goes out at, like you know one in the morning sometimes. Oh yeah, all the stuff is fixed by morning, but he gets it out as quick as he can. Yeah, anyways. but that's like part of the appeal, almost. You know, is oh, that totally. like he's he's doing it right away, and it's like I I don't know. It's so insane that it's like. It, it, so here's the thing. If a player wanted to talk to Steve Simmons and reach out to Steve Simmons, that player fucking sucks. I don't want to hear from that player at all. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you actively say – if a player was like, you know who I want to uh, uh, be interviewed by is uh, is Steve Simmons. <laughs> I mean, does that player going to have anything worth hearing? No. No. But uh, Mark Savard did weigh in on this because he read – this in this wasn't even this was like a blurb. Yeah, that's the other thing that I don't get Simmons, is why is this printed in a newspaper? Simmons has an article that I assume is like similar to like Ed Willis's like Monday yeah. morning musings, Music, yeah. where it's just like a bunch of yeah. disparate things. Yeah, and this was one little blurb. Yeah, that was the thing that got me too. Like it seemed more like something you would send to like your Facebook group DM with other reporters mm-hmm. rather than like put this in like one of the largest newspapers in Canada. <laughs> It's like a little line, like, oh, if Mark Savard, like, I'll tell you right now, Steve Simmons, if Mark Savard called me, I'm picking up. Oh, absolutely. I would love to talk to Mark Savard. I'm happy to chat to Mark Savard. I could be like, hey, we have the same birthday. Did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) You, me, and Ryan Miller, buddy, and Brian Trache as well. Wow. Anyways. That's a a hell of a hockey birthday. Yeah. Yeah, So I don't think that, like, my overall celebrity pool for birthdays shared is very weak my celebrity pool is great i've got john candy and ad rock oh, from the beastie boys nice yeah. i have i think i have uh posh spice oh that's nice i, I have uh i think i i think sean bean i want to say oh okay okay I'll, uh, let's let's look this up i'm looking this up right now april 17th it's coming it's coming up it's next next tuesday oh Jennifer shit for garner okay yeah i got april 17 here yeah, you've got uh, yeah. Posh Spice is correct. Oh, Sean this, Bean, I got Sean Bean. The site I'm on there. is so weird because it's got like YouTube stars I'm on, on it. Is it fam- famousbirthdays.com? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so yes, yeah, like Stefan, you share your birthday with Diara Taylor, <laughs> YouTube right. star. I've oh, definitely, I've definitely heard of her. Oh, Rooney Mara, nice. Yeah, Ro- Rowdy Roddy Piper, Red oh, Man. So, oh, wow. Here's the worst one on here. Wi-Fi Lou, 16 years old, a music.ly star, musically. 
Oh wow! That, I didn't even know that was a fucking thing. I definitely Maynard did not James know Keenan? that. Yeah, my music oh, wow. dot ly uh, star that I share one is Gangsta Grandma, who's going to turn eighty eight <laughs> this year. Ooh. Oh, Dwayne Casey. Yeah, you got a really good one. I oh okay, actually, guys, I I I hate to really play this uh, this trump card on you, but uh, I share a birthday with. Uh, well, I just want to say none of us would be here without this guy. So I already. Am ahead of you, uh, Christopher Columbus. Oh wow! I mean, he discovered America, guys. I mean, oh, cool. You share a birthday with Lil Uzi Vert. Cool, that's great. <laughs> I share a birthday with the fucking guy who put America on the map. Uh, also, uh, Vanilla Ice. I've so, got uh, David Hasselhoff and Donald Sutherland, which I never ooh. knew until this exact moment. So, oh, I've also got Marcus fun. Rashford from uh, Manchester United star. Uh, he's very good. Oh, uh, I've got of course, a- uh, we all know him from uh, Rashford and Sons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, Mila Stouffer, who is three years old and is an Instagram star. Yeah, the, also. what? <laughs> like ninety percent of my list on this famous birthdays thing is all YouTube. Yeah, it's stars. like YouTube and Instagram. She's the heir to the Stouffer's uh, frozen dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole in, her whole Instagram is her just putting Stouffers in the microwave. I also share uh, Rob Schneider. That's less uh, good. Uh, Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame. Oh. Well, these are all things we could talk about with Mark Savard if he decided to yeah, call us absolutely. up, of course. Hey, man, who are, you, who are you? Oh, Finch from American Pie. <laughs> what he actually said himself That's was, cool. I've never been one to let negative media posts get to me, but this one has hurt because for me, this is extremely personal. After my concussions in 2011, I spent many years dealing with some serious mental health issues and post-concussion symptoms. I did not withdraw myself from hockey or the hockey world by choice. I was not in a good place. I needed those years to heal. Thankfully, I was able to make a full recovery with the support I received from my family, friends, advisors, and medical professionals. Today, I feel happy, healthy, and very lucky. I am grateful for the opportunities I have been given lately to raise awareness for mental health issues and concussions, as well as to give back to the game I love, the great game of hockey. Mark Savard. Which, A, I'm amazed that he has made this comeback because it seemed like at the time... That his concussion issues were so severe that it's like, we are never hearing from this guy again. Yeah. yeah. So They the, were really, really bad. The fact that he is like a public figure again is kind of an amazing story unto itself. So how fucking conceited and self-centered and insane do you need to be to look at this man's incredible comeback story and still be mad that he didn't call you seven years ago. I'm mad about it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Fuck Steve Simmons forever, I think, is the uh, yeah. the moral of this story. A real piece of shit. Yeah, uh, but speaking worst. of uh, commentators that we do like, this clip of the week, this week, I mean, I tell you guys. I mean, Stefan, you sent this in at the last minute. Yeah. And uh, this I'm, is Roma versus Barcelona, right? It was a great yeah. game. Yeah. So uh, Barcelona beat uh, Roma four to one at home, and uh, so Roma would have had to uh, win at three uh, nil in order to uh, advance on the away goals rule. And they were up two nil when, in the eighty third minute, they scored the third goal, and they would go on to beat Barcelona and move on to the next round. And uh, the Roma commentator was. Uh, just a little bit excited. Yeah, Carlo Zampa sounds as if he's been shot and is slowly dying in our clip of the week. 
parte Under, eccolo il cross. Sounds like he's crying at the end, yeah. which is awesome. He, I think he says goal. No, it's, it's Manolas. Costas Manolas is the guy name, who yeah. scored. Yeah, no, I know, but he says so goal, and then he says Manolas, Marvelas, I think, doesn't he? I think he just says the player's name again, again and again and again. And then again. Mamma Mia. <laughs> and then moves on to Mamma Mia. Yes. So good. Uh, someone's got a. Someone has to uh, splice that clip with Mamma Mia. From yeah, Abba. he says it like five or six times yeah. in a row. Right? So good, just to have him be like, "Mamma mia, mamma mia," would be so great. Uh, Stepping on Mauro Ronaldo's bit a little bit, <laughs> just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely paying attention to North American NXT second tier wrestling. <laughs> um, well, the thing that I think is really funny too is someone had posted a picture of the cuz it's it, cuz in America we have this whole thing about sports where you have to be partisan. If you're going to be a commentator, doesn't matter if you're from Toronto and you're commentating on the Maple Leafs or whatever, you're supposed to be unbiased and partisan that when you become a commentator, you're no longer a fan, yeah, blah blah but it's blah. Like uncouth it's to uncouth to cheer yeah. for the Sedin's overtime goal even. Like a moment like that. Even. Absolutely. And uh in Europe they have no such uh they have no such regulations or <laughs> expectations and someone posted this great picture on Twitter and it was like or a video sorry and it was a video of the like Roma press row and like the whole thing is just like guys jumping in the air hugging each other like jumping up and down are they wearing jerseys or what no but they're <laughs> but but they, may as well t- be. they may as well be yeah and to i say fucking hell yeah like, yeah i'm tuning into the game because that's what i want too i want to i yeah, want i want to a homer my, broadcaster I, absolutely of course i do there's a reason why toronto hates jim houston and it's that he's yeah. not their guy you yeah. know he doesn't he's, like toronto he's great though he's awesome He's just not yours. <laughs> right. Well, he's fine. <laughs> no, this is, well, we've had this debate we too have, many times yeah, before. We, yeah, we're not going to bring it up <laughs> no, again. I no, just... but I just, yes, it, you do make a correct point in that. Why we, not? What, yeah, the culture that is expected in North American sports media is a lie. Like, yeah. nobody is not like, oh, well, I've aged out of thinking my, the team that I grew up with is cool. Yeah. Now I like all teams. Yeah. I'm sure there is a tr- some truth to that on some level in that like you just appreciate sport on the highest level no matter who it is. But to be like I have no rooting interest and never would have any. Yeah, it's very odd. Well, and it's also like I found one of the funniest or not funniest, but one of the most interesting clips about the Sedines was um in Edmonton, they interviewed Jujar Kara mm-hmm. because he's from here. Yeah. And he grew up a Canucks fan, and they're asking him about the Sedines. And it was really funny to like w- listen to him like explain it without ever saying that he was a Canucks fan growing up. <laughs> like he was just kind of like, 
You know, like, yeah, you know, I used to go to the games with my dad and, you know, yeah, I mean, they were obviously like great to watch and, you know, you loved like they had a lot of skill and they're really unique players and, you know, and, uh, you know, and then people kept being like, yeah, like you grew up there. Yeah, you know, I grew up pretty close to there and yeah, I went to a few of the games, but it was just like, it was like a three minute interview where he talked about how the Sedins were amazing while like being sure not to mention. It's like. You play for the Oilers now. Like, no one thinks that if you say, like, well, I cheered for the Canucks when I was a kid. That you're no still cheering for them right now. Yeah, like, no one thinks you're, like, a turncoat or something like that. Like, it was just such a weird thing that you could tell in his mind. Like, he was, re- like, you could see, you know, sometimes you can tell, like, when players Someone's are. Like balancing. They're doing their media training, like, in their yeah. brain. Like, just don't say you were a Canucks like fan. The don't say you were a Canucks fan. of their brain. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it was, so it was just so funny to me that that's, like, a thing. And I know, like, a lot of uh, news people. People, media people say that like oh well once I got into media like I just wasn't a fan anymore like that's just the job well and it's like you're not noble it's, it's the same thing we were just talking about but like that doesn't make you a noble person it's like and I love the snark like during the Olympics you'll always 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 have some North American commentator be like oh the Russian commentators over there really liked that goal <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they're from Russia, you <laughs> dildo. Of course they liked it. Like, just because you've been conditioned to have no feelings. Well, and there's a difference, too. And I feel like we talked about this during the Olympics itself. Like, you can grow out of being a Canucks fan or whatever, you know? I can't grow out of being Canadian. Yeah, exactly. It's like... Yeah, it's so A dumb. ridiculous expectation. Though, that Ginger Kyra story did remind me because after the... Uh, the Thursday game where the Canucks, Daniel Sedin had this miraculous performance, two goals, power play winner in overtime. Uh, the post-game interviews with Oliver Ekman Larson and Brad Richardson, uh, which they would have played with in Sweden for Ekman Larson or for Swedish national teams, rather. And Richardson was a two-year player in Vancouver who was apparently culturally more important than perhaps anyone as a fan realizes because they just spoke so glowingly of that guy and vice versa. Like, this is a team that just lost a game in overtime on a penalty. Like that, sh- like there's all kinds of reasons why this should be a. Aren't you mad you lost? Wasn't that a sloppy pen? Like, and they're just like they are glowing. They're talking about like how happy they were to hug the Sabines after the game, and like the fact that this was a team that they lost against. Like never entered the conversation at any point whatsoever. Yeah. So for him to be like, well, I can't say that I'm a fan is like. Nobody cares, man. It's fine. Like yeah. this is you're exempt at this point. But anyways, we will move on from there to our top three questions of the week. Hey yo, it's the top three questions of the week on Real Good Show. You know what the fuck it is, bitch? <laughs> we murdering CFL podcasts up in this motherfucker. Russell, look out. What's good in the mailbag this week, John? Oh, we do have a few. We have a few good ones. I, I have an emergency uh, entrant at number one that our Troy Brower conversation earlier reminded me of. Oh, is that supposed to be a question? Yes, there was something that we got in the in the DM. I didn't know that that was a question. I think it was, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Well, I can just read it anyways, and we don't have to do <laughs> yeah, this question. Ju- we'll just do it as a bonus yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Because I've already got three here right. that I like. We'll do that as a bonus I at the end. I thought we had two, and we weren't sure about the third. No, and no, I the third one that we had. had a third. Yeah, we have a third. Yeah, so okay. we'll do this as a bonus. Uh, okay, the first question comes in from Jacob New at JK New. 
Uh, this is keeping with our sportsy theme. Uh, what one change would you make to the Stanley Cup playoff format to make it more to your liking? You can change the number of games per series, take out wildcard spots, bring back an eliminated team later, pretty much anything. I would do, uh, and I think they're doing this in, I want to say, uh, a very low minor yeah. league hockey. The SPHL, uh, league. and I know what you're going to say. Yeah. And I agree. Is, is, where, is where the higher-seeded teams get to pick who they're playing. Yeah. Because that's there's bulletin board material. There's there's some there's there's just an automatic rivalry where it's like we're picking those guys because we think we can fucking beat them. Yeah, and totally. You know, there's there's just automatically these guys are going to hate each other, and there's automatically a storyline. Totally, um, I agree. So that, to me, that's what I would do. Well, it was funny because they were talking about that on Thirty One Thoughts last week, and I was just listening to it today. Jeff Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman and. They were saying that like they just like Elliot was like it'll never ever ever happen because like no yeah. GM in the league would want to like get up on television and be like yeah we picked New Jersey because they suck and their D sucks and their goalie like, sucks hockey like, culturally is like too humble it's for too this. humble yeah. like Elliot said that he thought that if this ever happened that like if if they somehow made it happen he thinks that like David Poyle would just say to the NHL you pick. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, what yeah, is that? Exactly. I was like, well, then they wouldn't even like. I was like, that doesn't even then make sense. That's standings. not even. That's not even an answer. Yeah, then you then the NHL would be like, well, okay, like I guess to be fair, yeah, number sixteen is this team, so that's who you get. Like they're like, it would never happen. But yeah, I I agree with you, Stefan. Like I think that would be just so that friggin', would be amazing, so friggin' sweet. Um, I don't know. I I I thought about picking something like the rounds in the earlier stages could be shorter, like a like a five game opening round or something like that, just to cut down on the overall time that we're not still playing hockey on like June 15th. Yeah. Like we are sometimes. Uh, but I, I think it would be more fun to do like what high school championship tournaments do, which I think is like a double elimination though with a tournament where like you have a series. Cause those are all single elimination yeah. tournaments where there's like a loser bracket and you can win your way back in. I think it would be super fun in a pro league to see that kind of thing where like if you get knocked out in the first round, there's suddenly this like losing tree where you can win your way back to the final by just like running the table the rest yeah. of the way. Um, I don't know how they could possibly integrate it, though, to a like perfectly branched 16 team format, but I don't know. I, I I might like to see that. I like the idea of them doing a concurrent uh, draft lottery tournament. Oh. Because, like, a lot of people have talked about that in the past. Like, instead yeah. of having a draft lottery, you have all the teams that are eliminated from the playoffs play off for a draft pick. And there was one scenario that I thought was really interesting where, because people were like, well, how do you get the teams to, like, buy into that? You know, like, why would teams want to win? And I Who heard, wouldn't want Darlene on their team well, next year? Exactly. And I also, the, the solution I think that was given, it was something like you run like a short play-in, it's like a play-in tournament. So it's like, if you win the tournament, you get into the playoffs, plus you get the like the pick. So it's like, so the players would theoretically want to do it because then yeah. they could still get into the playoffs Plus, they would get like so the number it's like one part overall of my pick. loser bracket as well. Yes, exactly, okay. exactly. So yeah. yeah, I would love to see something like that. Just because we see like a, I think the NHL season's way too long. I think you shorten it to like sixty-five games, uh, and then you and do then something have, like, like an that. additional playoff branch. Basically, yeah, it'd be so sweet. 
Yeah, no, I like that idea a lot. Well, there's the there's the golden points idea too, which Vancouver would have won. Oh yeah, which is, which is the most points after you're eliminated from the playoffs. Right, right. Um, so that sort of works in that the bad teams will get eliminated first, uh, and so they'll have the the most chances to get points. Yeah, and then the good teams will get eliminated in like the last day. So they'll pick, you know, 13th or 12th or whatever. The problem I think you run into with that is that teams will give up on their season in like December. Yeah. Cause then at at that point you have like, cause at that point there's a legitimate reason to tank, but there's also the possibility with the players won't though, right? With this system where you win the draft pick in a tournament, you might see tanking like into the middle, you know, like something like what the Rangers did this year would be encouraged. If you're a playoff team, but you don't think you could win the cup, you probably have a better shot at winning Darlene than you do the cup. Yes, exactly. So tank out of the playoffs and win the draft pick yeah. is like a better move. Totally, almost, totally. Which is kind of it a would crazy definitely create some weird situations for sure. And I agree. I think that's the same thing with the golden points. You'd have teams be like, okay, well, let's get eliminated as fast as we can. Because like right now, there is a reward for tanking in the sense that you get higher odds, but it's still no guarantee that you'll win the lottery. So, so Vancouver's points percentage in their last ten games was like insane. Yeah, but. Also meaningless. So, all right. So this uh, question number two. This is inspired by uh, an event that happened on Sunday. Uh, (laughs) So Justin and I watched WrestleMania together uh, at uh, his Top Marks co-host Joshua Custodio's house. And WrestleMania sucked. By the way, well, the first half was good. First half was very good, and then the second half was NXT was way better. Very sucky. Um, And uh, so. Josh and Justin decided that they were going to drink a shot of Jameson for every match that there was on WrestleMania. So they were both quite drunk, Justin especially. And they did a Top Marks episode after, immediately oh, after WrestleMania. Boy. And Justin was pretty hammered. Now, I have not heard the episode much like all the other Top Marks episodes, but... Uh, I have heard that Justin put on quite a display on the episode. We, I called it Whiskey Mania. Okay, perfect. There you go. That sounds about right. And I, I went on like a 10-minute tirade about how Brock Lesnar is a lazy piece of shit who can't work, doesn't want to work, clearly doesn't want to do anything. That like, why is he the champion? Right. He has no cardio. He can't work a match. He doesn't ever want to be on TV. Fuck this guy. So yeah. it was like that, but imagine if I was like even more enraged and yeah. yelled about it for another like seven minutes. And very drunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was there, and uh, <laughs> I can confirm that he was quite drunk. Yeah, it was probably like 12 shots of Jameson, and I also had eight hayals. It was, uh, it was a lot oh, to take Jesus It was a Christ. lot to take in. And you smoked weed, too, I believe. I, yep. Yeah. I sure oh did. Yeah. That's... Holy shit. And, uh, well... So, shockingly, though, and I'm going to say this, this is a, a stunning endorsement of Hey Y'all. Hey is good. I had no hangover. None. Well... Nothing. Know, I mean, you ate... You ate a lot during it as well. Well, you had, you had a lot of chips. Does that soak up booze? I don't know. I think it does. Yeah, yeah. it would. But I'm just, so I'm I feel just, like the combination. The hydrating value yes. of hey, y'all outweighs right. the vodka value is what I think it means. I, I mean, it very well might. I'm no, I'm no expert. I, I can't really weigh in on this. Uh, it's just like, as I've gotten older, especially in like the last five years, if I drink any amount of alcohol, I have like horrible 
hangovers. And like I'll wake up at like four in the morning and both of my calves will just be seizing out of control with like the <laughs> worst Charlie horses of all time. Well, that's like, not, I mean, that's, like dehydration or whatever. Well, that doesn't, but, I mean, I but, feel like you should get that checked but out. I drank man. eight hails, man. I tell you, I woke up the next morning. I never felt better in my life. Well, I mean, I don't know that that could be true. <laughs> no, that's definitely not true. Wait, what's, what's the question? Is the question how many hails did Justin drink? <laughs> yeah, the question is if you had a brand of spiked iced tea, what would you name it? Uh, okay, no, the question is it is inspired by real life events. Uh, Brand- it's like the Rob Ford movie. Yeah, exactly. From Brandon O'Connor. I'm played by a woman in this question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, at Boofer OC, if Real Good Show were to record a bonus episode after each host consumed 14 shots of Jameson, what would each of your impassioned, drunken rants be about? And uh, I'll go first. Uh, my rant would be delivered uh, by the doctor who is attending to me. <laughs> <laughs> because if I had 14 shots of Jameson, I would possibly be dead. I would be in the hospital, no question. I don't even know that I could have 14. Like, I wouldn't be able to have... I would have to have it all in a row. Like, I, the way you guys drank them, like, one a match, I would never make it to 14. No chance. Okay. I don't even know that I would make, like, three. Is it? What's the percentage of Jameson? 40? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, 40. Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's, I have no chance. I've, I've only ever, the most alcohol I've had at one time is a, is a sip. So yeah. I would be gone. So, yeah, so if I had 14, that I would mean... Think, I feel like you're old enough, though. No. That you wouldn't, like, die of alcohol poisoning. I don't that, know has that, nothing, that has nothing to do with it, I don't think. It's, yeah. It's just, like, how much do you drink? I don't, know that I, would, I don't know that I would die, but I would most definitely go to the hospital. There's no question about yeah, that. Well, you might not need to go to the hospital, but you would feel so... Like, the you state you would be in would be so foreign to you that you would be compelled to go there. I feel like people case. would take me to the hospital. Like, that's what happened in high school when guys had alcohol poisoning. They got taken. I mean, I don't think I would be in a state to decide. Like, yeah, okay, fair. That's not something you usually hear from drunk people. Like, uh, guys, I think I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> That doesn't usually happen. So it's usually like someone's like, "Man, I, I feel like maybe we got to take you to the hospital." And the drunk guy's like, "Fuck your mom! I'm not so, going to fucking hospital." So the impassioned rant is the is doctor given by the doctor against saying, drinking. Who let him do this? Yes, exactly. Yeah, the impassioned rant is the doctor comes into the room with all twelve people who watched WrestleMania together and lectures them on how they allowed a 32 year old man who's never drank before in his life to have 14 shots of Jameson. That was a long card, you know. Things <laughs> well, to be uh, fair, I, I uh, Doctor, I also had 14 shots of Jameson, so <laughs> I wasn't really in a position to tell him to stop. Uh, anyways, you want a guest on this podcast I'm about to record? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to say my rant 100% would be on uh, the EA Sports NHL series and how you cannot edit lines during the off season. <laughs> I would go off on that, for sure. This is, I think, you know, in much the same way that, like, Ryan Rashog thinks it is the worst crime in the world not to be spoken to by Al Montoya. <laughs> this is, like, the worst thing that's ever happened in your life is this EA Sports roster management. It is. It's insane. It's like you have franchise mode. You have to write it down on a notepad. You can talk to my, my old roommate, Chris. We, when we would play franchise mode, we'd have to write our rosters down on notepads. And it was insane. Like, it's 20... I mean, that back then, it was, like, you know, 2012, 2013 or whatever but it's 2018 now and presumably i haven't played the new nhl this year but presumably you cannot edit your lines in the off season still for whatever reason that sounds like me 
in like the summer of like 2003 vacationing on Hornby Island and like following the Canucks signings via the newspaper because Twitter doesn't exist yet. And just like yeah. keeping track of what next year's team is going to look like. Listen, listening to the Team 1040 sports updates and being like, oh, they've made a trade. And then like 40 minutes later, it's like, here's the trade. They got Taylor Pyatt and like being super excited. <laughs> and writing it down in my notebook what next yeah. year's team is going to look like. <laughs> uh, I mean, I already know what my rant was about. It was Brock Lesnar. But for this show, I doubt I would make that same rant. It would probably be about. Um, just Eric Goodbranson like sinking the value of Ben Hutton by the team like refusing to ever let Hutton play with anyone who's not Eric Goodbranson. So I think I would keep it on Brandon and do something like that. I like I'm it. sorry that it's not as funny as your answer. <laughs> no, no. What can you do? You know. I mean I did it for real, you know? Like I don't I don't have a super hilarious answer for this. Oh, that's okay. No problem. Uh, all right. Last question coming in from Rich Marinsky. Oh. At Richie Murr. Sorry for the delay there. Uh, dramatic. He, uh, thank you. Dramatic pause, pause. For 300 points. Rich, I think this might be Rich's first 300-point question, so congratulations. Uh, which one of you would win a barbecue competition between the three of you? Which pro athlete, active or retired, would you bring in to be your barbecue ringer? Competition is based on four items, ribs, brisket, chicken, and pulled pork. I'm I'm only good at like instant pot shit, so I'm not going to – I wouldn't win, I don't think. But my ringer would win. I would bring in Vince Wilfork, who <laughs> – it, it has like posted videos of himself on Instagram barbecue, and he's just a big dude. That guy knows how to barbecue. So former uh, NFLer Vince Wilfork is my ringer. Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got fork right in his name. Exactly. So I mean, yeah. you can't argue really with that. I'll give you that. Um, I'm gonna. I, I agree. I, like, I think unequivocally, Justin is the best uh, cook uh, of the three of us. I don't know yeah. about his barbecue ability. Yeah, I've made. I'm a pulled pork specialist, but like Steph and I do it in the pressure cooker. Yeah, that, that doesn't count. Boys. That said, though, my dad is like amazing at this stuff, and I would get a bunch of tips and tricks right, from okay. him beforehand. Plus, I have faith in my ringer, also. Okay, well, I am. Uh, my ringer is going to be uh, Al Bubba Baker, uh, and let me just read a headline uh, to you: uh, Bubba Baker's boneless rib sales go up to sixteen million dollars post Shark Tank. Uh, Al Bubba Baker spent 13 seasons in the NFL, becoming one of the most feared pass rushers the league had ever seen. Since he left, he's chased his second career with as much ferocity as he did opposing quarterbacks and running backs. In years since leaving the league, Baker has become a boneless rib magnate. Wow. So I'm choosing Al Bubba Baker. He can just cook all the food and I will sit there and jag out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, like I said, I don't have barbecue expertise necessarily because i have not like i just i'm i live in the city in apartment complexes where like you're forbidden from having a barbecue yeah even though like so many people have them anyways i'm allowed to have a barbecue really it's not like forbidden in your it depends on what the building is made out of like any you can't have them in any of the wooden apartments well even my last building was made out of concrete and they were still like 
it's a safety hazard that the propane tank will explode and you'll kill half of your floor or whatever. Oh, no. I, well, I don't know. My old place has a lot of a barbecue. We have a barbecue out here, too. Uh, this is like a cement patio, so I feel like it's fine. I would love to have a barbecue yeah, in my Yeah, I'm going to have place. a barbecue. When you guys come over here, after we build real good studio, we'll have uh, barbecue burgs and do some apps. All right. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try brisket for the first time ever. Oh, you've never I, had brisket? No, no, no. I mean, try to make oh, try it to myself. Make it. Try to make it. I've never cooked brisket. Yeah, we make a brisket. I'll um, get I'll get uh, my boy Bubba on the phone. Uh, but my ringer, and I have no idea why I think he's going to be good at, at cooking barbecue, uh, is going to be Sir Charles, Charles Barkley. That's, yeah, I agree. The I ma- feel like he would be. The man loves to eat, clearly. And, no doubt about it. <laughs> I have a feeling that he could uh, make like a fine barbecue. Like the ribs, the chicken, I, I think Sir Charles would be all over that. That's good. Yeah, that, that's a really good choice. My original choice was Jeff Gordon, okay. a retired NASCAR driver. But then I was like, I, I'm going to be the worst at this, so I got I need a ringer. So that's when I just Googled professional athletes bar- good at barbecue. <laughs> that's cheating, though. That's not cheating at all. Where is that? How is that that's cheating? There's, there's nothing in the rule book that yeah. says you can't Google which professional athletes are good at barbecue. Yeah, exactly. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, show me that but clause, like, Justin. Okay, my dad, though, is the kind of guy who, like, when he sits down to watch food shows on the Food Network, He's got like a full scap notebook oh, with him. Notes. He's got a pen and paper. He is taking furious notes and like, <laughs> what is he taking notes on? Bobby Flay one again. <laughs> no. He watches like all of the like barbecue uh, like cook off challenge shows right, where sure. they just like go to a barbecue competition yeah. and film everyone. It's so crazy how into it those people are. Yeah, and he just takes notes on all of the different techniques and like. Do they, does he have like a smoker and in. stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And it's going to get set up on Hornby when the new well, place is ready to go. Yeah, okay. Thanks for the fucking oh, invite. I, I haven't even been up there yet. <laughs> it's the first I've heard of it in three years that your dad's good at barbecue. Well, your mom didn't even tell me, for God's sake. She was my boss. So I, I feel I shut out by the Morissettes right now. That the knowledge that I can have like transferred to me from my father, who's taken studious notes, never went to culinary school, but does treat the Food Network like it is that. Hey, listen. <laughs> wherever you can get your education. And I mean, it can't be much worse than like Sprott Shaw Community well, College. And whatever assists Charles Barkley can give me, I think I'm going to win this thing. Uh, it's it's going to be a tight race. Well, I guess Bubba probably gives you the edge. I think but. we can all agree Stefan's going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A bonus question oh, yes, this we week, bonus, though, yeah. which I promised uh, the question asker would make it in this week. Chris F. wrote in with, uh, my buddy played football at Northwestern and overlapped with Trevor Simeon for one year. He was watching a Northwestern game on TV and he left after he left the team and burst out laughing when he heard the announcer call him Long Ball Simeon, which the announcer attributed to his liking to throw deep. Turns out this was a real nickname, but it was rarely used outside the locker room since it actually referred to Simeon's really saggy balls. Hell yeah. So the question is, what is your double entendre nickname? I don't know that we need to answer the question, Ooh. but the but the the setup yeah. for it. I just long it, skin Stefan, long skin <laughs> Stefan. That's not a double entendre, though. Oh yeah, I guess it's not. Uh, <laughs> five, five skin is five skin a double entendre. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know if you're a golfer and your na- and your nickname was Foreskin. Yeah, yeah. If you were a golfer and they were like, uh, yeah, and just your nickname was Four, 
Like that would be the well, whole thing. Skin, but skins are also uh, skins is a golfing thing too. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah. foreskin is your golfing nickname. Yeah, what you would have to do is early in your career, you would have to win a skins game uh, by four holes. Yeah, and then they would just call you <laughs> Stefan Foreskins Heck. And then people would be like, yeah, it, the thing is, I feel like with long ball, like that term is used so often that you would never, ever think that it was referring to his anatomy. Whereas like foreskin, <laughs> everyone would be like, well, that uh, they call him foreskins, Jim. And I think it's because in uh, 2012, he won a big skins game. But I mean, it's not like anyone calls him like big balls Brower outside of this no, podcast. I, just, I, don't I don't have an answer for call, this. I don't even know that they call him that. I feel like it's just known that he just has huge balls is it known to people outside of no no not outside of the locker room but i i just i I, what i mean is i don't know that he has a nickname like if in the locker room they call simeon long ball like i don't think that they call brower like big balls or whatever (laughs) like i don't think he has a nickname it's just known in the locker room that (laughs) true he's got big grapefruits now i just i don't have an answer to this question i just love the fact that it had been a very long time since a listener had wrote in with the inside scoop on uh, on someone's junk situation, so absolutely. If you're if you're listening to this right now and you have some dirty deets like that that you yeah. get to share we'll with f- this program, our DMs are open. That's absolutely. all I'm saying. Oh yeah, we'll guarantee you anonymity, Chris <laughs> F. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think I have an answer. That's to this fine. Either. You don't need one. I mean, I'm a teacher. It's, go, it's probably for the best. We can go from there to everyone's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch, the cherry on top of our cynical Sunday, where we pick the things we like Jack from the Hammer. world at large. They call me Jackhammer. <laughs> one good thing because I used to work in construction. <laughs> A lot of people love each other. The world would be a better place to live. Oh boy! I know what my one good thing is. <laughs> yeah, gentlemen, what do you like this week? My one good thing is something that just happened right now. Oh really? So, so uh, our friend Chris James, friend of the show, uh, former guest, is in the apartment right now. Oh yeah, He's hey Chris, visiting Los Angeles, uh, and they're streaming right now on the Golf Kings. And this is a whole thing that we've been leading up to this. There's a lot of hype going into it because Jesse's really big into FIFA 18 now. So Chris was obviously talking shit. Chris is quite yeah, good at Chris FIFA. Chris is very good at FIFA, yeah. And, and said, I'm going to come down. I'm going to destroy Jesse. His conservative estimate was, I believe, 50 to nothing. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Farrar has just defeated Chris James 3-2 in FIFA. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I'm standing. Yes. Yeah, I, that's a standing no. What? I'm gonna just I, I quickly. Do you want? Do you want? I can bring him in here for a quick uh, post game interview. Yes, please, please, absolutely. I, lo- I love this because please this do will, it. This will actually devastate Chris. Oh, he's mad. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call him in right now. One sec. Hey, Chris. I can hey, see Chris turning on the. Chris, <laughs> I just told the uh, the podcast that uh, you lost to Jesse. We want to do a quick post game interview. <laughs> this, is, this is I mean he's uh, he late the, the podcast bit this season has yeah. been that he's given you updates on his EA Sports that is, every yeah, week. It's FIFA the journey. Okay, so Chris maybe so maybe the journey is over. Holy shit Chris, how did you lose? I thought you were good. 
Yeah, I am. I am good. So what uh, what the big issue was? Well, there's a few issues. You guys want to talk about issue one. So we've got a button placement. The left trigger is a massive issue because I'm using this fucking Bushley control. I don't want to put it on you. No, I know. I got a, Spend I got the money like a on it. mad cast. Spend the money like, on a proper yeah. fucking controller, buddy. Um, because the, 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 the placement of the left trigger, it was that's where you change players with. And so I was not pressing it in the right place consistently. And that's a big issue in the game. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was really tough. There's about 500 viewers. One of the most viewed streams. Uh, someone's already clipped it as well. And up. Uh, so I'm gonna go for a rematch now, and, uh, and I'm gonna try to redeem myself. Oh, and the Washington Post was watching me lose. <laughs> yeah, they were in the stream. They they were they were giving shout outs to Jesse and making fun of him for his audio issues. And they were and they were and I was trying to explain to the Washington Post that they should write an article about. Controller issues. All right, I'll see you guys. <laughs> wow, sounds like uh, Chris is uh, is one mad cat over there. I mean, it, it is a third party controller. In fairness, yeah, and those are the most frustrating things. Yeah, to they're awful. With. Who buys yeah. a third party controller? Jeez, hey, how, mean, how badly are you the, doing the down in the there? US now, I've seen what third parties can do to a country. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my one good thing is not nearly as funny as that, but uh, I'm going to recommend an album by one of my favorite bands, and that is Y Oak. Uh, they just came out with a new album called The Louder I Call, The Faster It Runs. And uh, it's just a fantastic album. I'm such a huge fan of this band. And this this album feels like it might be the one where they finally kind of break out a little bit. I mean, they're, they're a relatively uh, big band for an indie band, but they're still not not anywhere near as big as I feel like they should be. I agree. So, yeah. They're they're fantastic, and uh, the new album is awesome. I, I really like it. It feels like kind of a combination of all their sounds up to this point, and I, I, yeah, I just think it's fantastic. So check it out. The uh, Y Oak. The louder I call, the faster it runs. Uh, I didn't watch anything or do anything this week that was not related to either the Sedines or wrestling. Cool. Uh, and of course, I can't recommend that you go back and watch the Sedines final home game at this point because no. I mean, you could just watch the highlights. It's pretty good. But I will recommend that even the casuals out there, if you have any interest whatsoever in the biggest crossover superstar on the entire card at WrestleMania, do track down and check out Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, which I think all of us can agree over-delivered in a huge way. Huge it was way. great. And it was a really, really good match. And, and Ronda looked like a star. That oh, was the yeah. key thing. Like She hadn't looked good up until this point. And she looked like a fucking star on Sunday. Just an enormous amount of fun watching that. Uh, and yeah, do track it down if you have even remote interest in it. It will very much satisfy and entertain you. I still can't believe she picked up Triple H for like over 10 seconds. Her legs during that moment are insane also. Yeah. Um, crazy. Kind of like when you wake up in the middle of the night after drinking too <laughs> exactly, much. Exactly. Shaking like crazy. <laughs> well, Seizing. I mean, her legs were like shaking. Mine, I'm like, I can't move. If I move, it'll make it worse. It's only going to get worse if I do anything. I just got to ride it out. The worst pain of my life. Sounds like uh, blood clots, bud. You should get that checked out. No, it's just when I drink. It's dehydration. <laughs> well, sure. but, okay, well, that's fine. It's only You're only in severe pain when you drink alcohol. Yeah, yeah, but I mean like that you can get blood clots from being dehydrated. Hydrated. No, like, really? What? I think I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't have it when I drank the Hay Alls, though. Well, yeah, so I should have recommended Hay All. That yeah. should have been my one good thing this I feel like week. You already recommended I it. Did for, I did go hard on Yeah, you'd really Not just did. did I go hard on drinking it, on plugging it as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but with that, 
That will do it for this week's episode. Our roommates, once again, are Heather and Ben. Our producer, Daniel Cazetto. Daniel, thank you so much for your intrepid work throughout, uh, uh, you know, this entire journey we've been on together. I, I say that like it's over, like we're firing him after yeah. this episode. I don't this know why a, I did that. We're just uh, raising Daniel's number to the rafters right now. <laughs> It's emotional. It's uh, weird because Daniel's still in the shirt, but uh, <laughs> he's going up. Yeah. If you want to support the show, you can do so by heading on over to patreon.com slash real good show. We're giving you, of course, the monthly mailbag like we always do, but uh, we're doing a special Canucks season review uh, with some high profile guests, maybe just a single guest, but it's going to be worthwhile. So if you want more hockey talk from the show than you otherwise get, we're really bringing it to you on the bonus content front this month. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can of course help us out by heading over to the iTunes store rating and reviewing the program gives us a nice little boost in their algorithms. The website is realgoodshow.com on Twitter at real good show, the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash real good show. Gentlemen, anything you'd like to plug before we wrap up? Stefan? Uh, no. Okay, no. cool. I, uh, I've got, uh, roast battles coming up again, April 25th. And uh, we just uh, crowned our first roast battle champion, Stuart Jones. Uh, it was a great night. Uh, so, yeah, come back on April 25th. We've got a number one contender match. Should be great at Little Mountain Gallery. And I am, if you're a Victoria, fuck this mic. Uh, if you're a Victoria Real Good Show fan, I will be playing Hecklers on May 4th and 5th to celebrate the one-year anniversary of my album, Most Likely to Be a Comedian. And I have something to plug this week as well. Ah, this is C Only Asks. When he's got That's not true. I no, asked I, last week and the week before. I know. That is true. That's I, true. I'm no. I'm just busting. Uh, your but balls. I wrote something for the first time in like three years. Oh, and, I mean, uh, I didn't plug when I wrote something. <laughs> and I, I shopped it around, and uh, David J. Roth at Deadspin and the Classical liked it enough to uh, put it up on the Classical, which is a big thrill for me as someone who is a like massive fan of Tom Sharpling to see my work on a website that he co-founded is a kind of a unique thrill. And it's about uh, Daniel Bryan who made his triumphant return to the ring at WrestleMania this past weekend. It's called Daniel Bryan is back and wrestling is real. And it is the top story at the classical.org. So uh, head on over there and give it a read. I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, and until next week, I'm Justin Morissette. Stefan Hack. John Cullen. Be real. Be good. Be real good. Foreskin. Oh, that counts, I guess. Yeah, I feel like Yeah, that I counts. feel like that I'll give that, that to you. Counts. You're on yeah. the same page for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like how many episodes can we end on foreskin, you know? <laughs> that was an all-timer. God damn. Yeah, it was a great episode. Yeah, I feel like that was a perfect combination of sports and comedy. Yeah. That's what we. That's what we do here. I think that's the a top real good show enterprises. On our iTunes yeah. store, yeah. Too. exactly. A perfect exactly. combination of sports and comedy. You guys should absolutely watch uh, Chris and Jesse play their rematch right now. By the way, oh, I, I I'll check it out when I get home. Yeah, gotta they watch. Are, uh, go- Chris is Chris is legitimately really mad. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. That's why I'm loving it. As soon as you said that he lost, I just couldn't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish that the interview had gone longer. Because he of, was so mad that he had to get back exactly, and play yeah, again. Exactly, because yeah. yeah. I really wanted him to delve into the, the pure fury that I'm sure was stewing underneath all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well... Uh, Do we have any donors this uh, week? Nope. No. All right. We're just, uh, we're just done. Yeah. All right. Well...
Shut the fuck up, man. Someone else. Las Vegas odds say he won't hit one more time, and he doesn't. Thanks, Batman. Billy Reed. Watch it, you fucking asshole. Fuck. He's named after Raekwon the chef, the guy from Wu-Tang Clan. You have some problems, you go emergency toilet for five minutes, urine, and then you say, and you, then you hit let, and you don't say sorry, you think you're a good kid. I ain't getting this voice. <laughs> We're going to give them two minutes to think about what they've done.